Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Favorite picks from, uh, or signings from day one here, free agency. I'll jump in. I uh, I love the Ogwa Akaronko signing for the Cleveland Browns. Don't steal mine. Yeah, oh, that's, well, I that's, that's why I jumped good. in. I, yeah. I knew it was, it was, it was maybe a, first. a favorite. Yeah. yeah, three years, 19 million, uh, right around where we had him at. Was phenomenal the, the second half of the season. Um, once he became a full-time player, you need some more juice opposite Miles Garrett, and he is that guy. You see the numbers there on the screen. Uh, but from week 11 on, I almost he was top five in pass rush win rate and pressure percentage among edge defenders. I mean, just a, an ascending player. Love that move. Love that one as well. Um, one of my favorites was Marcus Davenport to the Vikings, which I think was kind of the first one-year prove-it type of deal that we got yesterday. Every year you see a bunch of these where players that we think are going to go for big money or, or get that long-term deal, they end up taking the one-year 10 million, now it's 10 million plus 13 uh, inflation, but that one-year prove-it deal. And for like the last five years, it's been uh, Jadavian Clowney. Now it's Marcus Davenport, who theoretically is like the perfect big money free agent. He's that 25 type year old prototypical size, speed, athleticism, never quite been the player that he was supposed to be as a first round pick. The Vikings getting him for that prove it deal, I think is phenomenal. Cause now if he does prove it, they've kind of got first right of refusal, you know, as a, an expiring free agent that's already on their team. And if he doesn't, it was worth a shot at that kind of price. I love both of those moves guys. What, first off, do you know offhand, if uh, Okoronkwo, what type of comp pick he might get? If he had six Texans. per year, it would be like a fifth round value, Just maybe even round. sixth at this point. Yeah, because that—I mean—if we're trying to justify the Texan strategy, I mean, Okoronkwo was should have been one of the guys that they that the Texans locked up for four years a couple years ago, where they said, "All right, as we're starting to get better, he's one of those pieces that we could build around. At least they're going to get something in return." But Okoronkwo, I think, has been kind of do that long term deal for a while at a reasonable price. So I do love that for the Browns. And then why is Davenport only getting the one year? So at his age, one season of 500 snaps in his entire career. I had him at one year 12, so I feel great about that one. Uh, I got to How get... did you land there? I thought he was, <laughs> without looking at your numbers, I'm looking at his receipt. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, I love it. I, do. I love it. <laughs> I'm looking at his age, his productivity. I've been citing the snap totals quite a bit too. I understand he's he's never played more than 500 in the whole thing or whatever one year. But I am assuming somebody was going to pay. This monster, former first-round pick, four years, 
and you know 18 to 20 million a year i just assumed that was going to happen you obviously knew otherwise no it's like we're talking about guys like zach allen and, and of course different position markets right now but you know he has the one season you could argue all right you know davenport has missed time but over the course of his career he's top 20 in pass rush and pressure rate among edge defenders he's also a good run run defender as well it's not just um you know as a pass rusher but yeah it's really just i think probably wanted more on a multi-year deal than anyone would give so I know it didn't work out for Clowney, but you take the one-year flyer, and if you have a good season, play 700 snaps, then you are talking about trying to get 18, 20 million per year. Yeah, I mean, it makes would, perfect sense. I would like, make that move every year. Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense from a Minnesota point of view. And obviously, if the offers weren't where he wanted them to go, like he's running the Jadavian Clowney playbook again. Yep. Only he hopes it's not going to work out the same way. If he actually yeah. shows up, and who knows? You know, like the, the longer the clowny thing works its way along, the more it seems like there's quite a lot behind teams not wanting to give him the, the giant deal, even independent of injuries and whatever. Like if Davenport does show up, bet on himself, go out here this year with presumably an expanded role, you know, if Minnesota probably wants to see if he can be that big uh, elite type of edge rusher for them. And he goes out there and just dominates. Like, it's perfect for him. I love it, too, because, you know, Zadarius Smith comes out and is trying to, I guess, probably either get more money or, or do something. Says he wants to trade. Or basically says he was cut before they even cut him. Yeah. And say, okay, fine. We'll just replace you. And now we've all the leverage in the world. literally said goodbye. Yeah. He <laughs> right. posted a goodbye yeah. tweet when he was two years old. And they said, all right, fine. We'll pivot. I, I think it is one of my favorite signings as well. No question. So I agree with both of you guys on that. You know, Davenport, it's a prove-it deal. And if he ends up walking, you get the comp pick. And I'm not that you're signing guys for comp picks. But, you know, you take all that stuff into mm -hmm. consideration. Um, I like the Eric Hendricks signing yes. to the Chargers. Love this. Um, coming off of two down years after he had back-to-back, -back, uh, you know, two of the best back-to-back -back seasons we've seen from a linebacker in coverage in 2019 and 20. Um, I think buying low on linebackers, I'm all for it, especially as we talked about earlier in the show, the Tremaine Edmonds market, you know, even though he's an elite talent as far as skill set and all that stuff, Give me all the linebackers in the six to eight million dollar range that are still going to be productive and in, in a buy low world for the Chargers who have not had a, a really good coverage linebacker in a while. They've tried to you know draft Kenneth Murray and the whole deal. Kendricks could be that guy, along with we're allowed to say Derwin James' name during the offseason. I mean, you just did. He's going to slip in the shower or something like uh -huh. that, right? The, Derwin um, James and all the other coverage players that they've added over the last couple of years. I have no evidence to suggest that this is actually a thing. We should probably check that at some point. But I have a lot of time for the theory that if you have an underachieving athletic player, certainly a linebacker, throwing a guy that even if he's lost a lot of what made him so great, still has that like veteran 10 years type of experience, knows where how to maximize his skill set has been the guy that the young player is trying to be i have a lot of time for the idea that that will help overall even if kendricks isn't any better this year than he was last season maybe he can have a positive impact on a guy like kenneth murray who ultimately you do still have quite a lot invested in even if it isn't currently working out that well so i love the theory and there's also the possibility that he does have a bounce back season it's not like he's you know 38 years old and completely toasted like he's 
got the ability to bounce back after a, a rough year. I think that position is one, and this is having a couple conversations, you know, again, in Indy, like where bringing in a veteran off-ball linebacker for a young player that you like, I guess they didn't bring him in, but, you know, like C.J. Mosley gets a ton of credit for the fact that Jets just extended Quincy Williams for, you know, $6 million a year, a solid deal, because it is right now in the NFL one of the hardest positions to play. Yeah. There is so much stress there. You have to have eyes in the back of your head and be able to play forward, do all these things. So does it help Kenneth Murray? Probably yes. I think it also signals Drew Tranquil is, is not going to be back in Los Angeles. A lot of buzz on him. Could get a pretty strong deal. This linebacker market's all over the place. Um, but, you know, good coverage player. Had a really good season last year. I think that probably, you know, signals he's going elsewhere. Anything else you guys wanted to highlight? Yeah. I. What picks do you like? One of my what, favorite signings. Signings. Uh, not for a good reason. But, well, depend. Sam Darnold to the, the San Francisco 49ers. Because I now have to see a half season of Kyle Shanahan turning Sam Darnold into an all-pro and then just like hanging up his controller and walking off into the sunset, <laughs> having completed the game on its most difficult setting. I've done it. I'll tell you this. I, you know, after Brock Purdy had his surgery, came out, I think I mentioned this yesterday, but I would keep an eye on Trey Lance. I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately. Um, they need to figure a lot of things out. I think Darnold is insurance if they want to trade Trey Lance. I also think, I think it was Field Yates, or Field Yates who tweeted that they now have two separate number three overall picks and both of them are probably backing up Mr. Irrelevant. Wow. Yeah, and, and we spend so much time on the draft and who's the quarterback and go That's get Darnold and go get Trey Lance and they're just, you know, <laughs> so, backing up Mr. Irrelevant. Like I quote tweeted, and yet all you're going to hear for the next month is people declaring with 100% certainty this guy stinks, this guy's great, this guy's whatever. Yeah. Like, we don't know anything. We we think we do, and we have a vague indication. Can we but... at least fake it till the, till the draft <laughs> so people stick around to listen to what we have to say? I mean, look, you can still evaluate and so I'm just saying that you need to be aware. when you, Just don't make declarative statements. You know, learn that lesson at least, that three years later you're going to be looking at this and you're going to look like a moron because Mr. Irrelevant is now the best quarterback on a team with multiple top three picks. Not even third overall picks. Uh, Darnold get three second round picks to trade up to get him. Trey Lance, two first round picks to trade right. up to get him. Not just guys that fell to three, guys that were uh, targeted were at, you know, at, at three. Yeah. yeah, Traded up four. <laughs> Any other signings? I keep saying uh, draft picks, but signings. I really liked um, Hargrave to the 49ers. I mean, on a, ser on a more serious note, uh, them deciding to aggressively keep ensuring that their front four is, is a weapon in that defense, I think is big. Like the 49ers are taking the approach that the AFC is taking, only being in an easier conference. They're like, we need to load up because at some point you're going to have to face one of these elite teams, whether it's the Eagles in the championship game, whether it's an AFC team in the Super Bowl. So let's make sure that we have the kind of armory to go toe to toe with those guys. For me, just I mentioned the Eric Kendricks pick. He had been released by the Vikings, and then you you pick him up cheap. That is that is my free agent type. Uh, Robert Woods going to the Houston Texans for two years, a little over fifteen million dollars. I'll do that all day. I'll do that all day. Give me um, and maybe my weak spot is guys who have battled injuries or guys that are on the decline, and maybe they're really on the decline. But to me, that's a buy low with upside, right? Buy low with wide receiver two upside, a guy who could still get open. And we talked earlier, way earlier on the show, about Corey Davis being over $12 million a year as a wide receiver, too, a couple years ago. You're getting Robert Woods for 58% of that per year. That is fantastic. Let me do all, uh, let me pick up all the guys that were cut, 
that are uh, buy low opportunities here. One, one more I loved, and I do think maybe injuries played a role here and, and kept the market suppressed a little bit, but David Long, for two years, $11 million to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I, I think the linebacker. The linebacker, Long, yeah, yeah, you're right. David Long Jr., uh, I think West Virginia guy, not not David Long the corner uh, from, I want to say, Michigan. Anyway, uh, you know, I think he's a good fit opposite Jerome Baker. He plays downhill. Uh, when he was healthy last year, was top 15 in, in tackles for loss. Uh, you know, this is kind of funny as an off-ball linebacker, but top five in pass rush win rate and pressure rate among all ball linebackers uh, with players with 100 snaps over the last three seasons like a very good downhill attacking linebacker that I mean Vic Fangio is assembling the Avengers in, in Miami right now yeah I, I love that move as well also we talked about it in the bear section but TJ Edwards signing for that good, yeah. cheap a deal I think is an absolute steal for them let's look at uh, some other notable deals uh, Juwan Taylor the Jaguars right tackle goes to the Chiefs the Chiefs had both uh, both tackles as free agents Andrew Wiley is out. He's going to go to Washington to, to play right tackle there. Um, but what are your thoughts on Jawan Taylor going to the Chiefs? Four years, $80 million for Taylor coming off of a career year. Excellent pass blocking grade, only 21 pressures allowed. But also the most critical piece of information in that is the, the, the talk is he's going there to play left tackle, not right tackle. So this is a career right tackle. Obviously, the Chiefs have got recent form of doing that. They brought in Orlando Brown, who had been a right tackle in Baltimore. He moved because he wanted to prove that he could play left tackle. The Chiefs put him there. It worked out. Everything's great. The difference, though, one of the differences is Juwan Taylor has basically never played left tackle. He was not a college left tackle who was then flipped to the right side in the NFL the way Orlando Brown was. He's always been a, a right tackle. In college, 134 snaps, I think, at left tackle, basically filled in in a pinch, but was a three-year starter at right tackle the NFL, it's only been right tackle. We're talking like a handful of snaps that have been uh, on the left side, and it's just the unbalanced formation stuff. That, I think, is a very different ask than taking a guy who's played on the left, just not in the last couple of years. I don't understand it, to be honest. I still don't. I mean, I think the NFL, you, you've seen the right, ta right tackle market sure. explode in recent years. Um, it was it's 10 years ago, almost to the day, I think I wrote the article on left tackles and right tackles are essentially the same as far as uh, importance and um, who they're going to go up against from a pass rusher standpoint. All of the reasons why right tackles were undervalued years ago had to do with the blind side with the quarterback. That's debunked. Like, that doesn't matter uh, who, they're, who they're pass rushing against. Teams aren't right-handed anymore when they run. You don't need your mauler there. All those things have been debunked over the last 10 years. But there's still some teams that feel the need to – um, you know, even the Bucs are, are talking about, we're going to move Tristan Wirfs to, to left tackle. But why? I don't understand. Unless you're, unless you're the Chiefs and you just think Mahomes has such good vision, particularly, you know, to his throwing side, to the, to the right side, that we actually do want our better player at left tackle. There's really no need to switch guys because there is a little bit of risk that they won't be as good when they yeah. switch, particularly Juwan Taylor, who's never done it. But the worst one is another, it's like, it's more like the Orlando Brown one where I can kind of see what, like, that's a guy who did play left tackle in college, right? Yeah, within the last two years, yeah. he had played and left tackle. And then moved tackle. to the right, and you're saying, okay, he's amazing at right tackle, let's flip him back to the left side, hopefully he'll remain amazing, and we're all good. I think that's a very, very different conversation to taking a guy that's literally never done it, and then flipping him and just hoping it works out the same here's my conspiracy look i'll take what they're saying at face value although i guess they haven't said it but nevertheless if you're still trying to negotiate with left tackles 
There was the rumblings about Laramie Tunsil. I don't think that's going to happen. But nevertheless, if you're trying to negotiate with a left tackle and saying, well, you know, honestly, we, we, we are comfortable playing him at left tackle. We could sign a right tackle instead, you know, helping you a little bit in negotiations, getting a little bit of leverage. Yeah. Maybe that's a small part of it. And a guy like jumps out to me like, like and as I, as Isaiah Wynn, like if you're talking to Isaiah Wynn right now and he wants to come in and say, look, I know it, New England shifted me over, but I'm a left tackle. I'm a first round pick at left tackle. So you should give me more money because I'm going to go back to that spot. And it's like, man, well, you know, we can put you on the right side we're not really concerned there with with what we do okay i'll buy that i will buy negotiation tactics but i'm glad you brought up isaiah win because he's a perfect example i think there, there's a point and we have to I have to study this more specifically there's definitely a point where early in your career moving back and forth from left and right happens all the time and players have success but the donald penn after eight years Ali villanueva after eight years Isaiah Wynn was three years as a left tackle in New England. They moved him to the right side. His grades go from 70 to 82 to 74 to 54, right? There's definitely a tipping point where you just don't want to mess with the side a player is playing on because he becomes a different player after a while, all the muscle memory and all that stuff. So um, I like the negotiation potential tactic, though, because I, I, I play that game. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think for Kansas City, I, I don't – I don't hate this move. Um, I think the talk on Jawan Taylor is maybe a little bit overblown. Like people are, yeah, a lot of NFL, uh, a lot of NFL people are saying this guy's an elite pass protector. I don't know that you can go quite that far. Um, his also his run blocking has been bad, like downright bad. It's probably an upgrade over a guy like Andrew Wiley. Like assuming he stays at right tackle, it's probably an upgrade over Orlando Brown if he moves to the left side. But we're talking about guys that gave up forty or fifty pressures last season versus somebody who gave up 21 that is a significant difference even if there's a bunch of those hidden you know bd type plays for juan taylor as well at the same time juan taylor a couple of years ago it was him and cam robinson who led the league in most pressures allowed among tackled pairings mm -hmm. and juan taylor was battling for his job with walker little in the preseason and into the season yeah. so we're, we're not that far removed from Jawan Taylor being a guy that looked like a, not a bust, but a guy that the Jags would just move on from and be fine with it and just find his replacement. So it's a fine line, I think, with Jawan Taylor here. I mean, they franchise tagged Evan Ingram and didn't franchise tag Jawan Taylor, and the value there would be less than what he got per year from Kansas City. So I think it shows what they think. Also, shout out Jacksonville, developing some good tackles the last couple of years. But the big thing here, too, is I know you can always fall for potential. I mean, he's going to be 25 for the first two months of the season. He is, like, he is very, very young. And, you know, vaguely, relatively inexperienced with that, um, with that age.